Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I'm so excited to be here this morning. Last week I was in uh, Lake Charles while I was born. And uh, this week, I grew up in Lafayette. I went to Cathedral Carmel till they told me to find another school. <laughs> and I barely graduated Our Lady of Fatima, which used to be those two combined to become St. Thomas More. And I got saved the year after I got out of high school. Pastor Jacob led me to the Lord and um, sent me to Bible school. And uh, I was just on fire for God. And so I've been walking with Pastor Jacob for 41 years. And uh, I knew his wife before I knew him. Michelle went to school with me. And uh, it's so exciting to be back in my stomping grounds. And if I'm a little slow this morning, I've been battling a cold. And, uh, but I'm just here today. If you're looking for a title, I'm going to get right into the message. It's Jesus the Hero, Not the Celebrity. And, you know, when I think about that, we live in a time where there's, where there's more fame to be a celebrity rather than a hero. And see, what happens is media is given us celebrities, but danger gives us, and danger and risk gives us heroes. Come on. I, I, let me just say, you should love every cop, every fireman, anybody that serves in our community. We should love them because they're heroes. My son, my third son is uh, actually a specially trained fireman. He's got a, he's a paramedic, but he's in Nashville, but he's one of only 30 of, uh, of his kind. He's trained for certain kind of trucks and certain kind of things when uh, saving people. And he's just told me stories. He's had babies that needed to be resuscitated in his arms and people look, save my baby. And sometimes he hadn't been able to do things. And he said, dad, it just, it messes with you. And to, to me, that's what heroes are all about. They're willing to lay down their life for other people. Amen? And when my son was born, this is a cool thing. The Lord gave me a word because he came out born, not breathing. And the Lord said, I'm going to breathe on him so he can breathe my breath in others. And he's a paramedic. So you figure that out. And so uh, heroism is linked to honor and bravery. Celebrities, this is about image. It's just an image. J-Lo, I don't know who her boyfriend is this week. A.W. Tozer said, them Hollywood girls, they got, they got looks. He said, they, they look like angels, but they got, they got morals like an alley cat. You know, we have big names today, but we don't have big persons. You see, what's scary, we see celebrities and not heroes even rise in the church. It's all about what you look like. If you say the right thing, if you do the right thing. It's not about jumping in the hoops and the loops. I, I guarantee you, there's going to be people standing before God. And God, I, I got baptized. I, got, I went this. I, I didn't drink. I didn't do all those things. But you know what? They forget about all the things that really need to happen in their lives. about giving life to other people. And so what's scary is we see celebrities and not heroes in the church. And we have to be careful today. That the pastors aren't the center of the church. Did you hear me? But Jesus is. 
Because it's Dr. Scott, next week you have Dr. Brown, and I'm non-Dr. Bubba. <laughs> but I do have a degree from Bush University. I've been at the burning bush. I followed the Lord for 41 years. And uh, I just want, you know, we have to be careful today. We have to make sure that the stars out, aren't outshining the sun this morning. And see, there's a portion, there's... It, it, uh, there's a portion of scripture in Philippians, and it's uh, two, and it reminds us who the center and the wonder of attraction is. When's the last time you had just wonder about God, that you were attracted to him? I remember the day that, you know, the, God gives you the gift of attraction when you go after your wife, guys. That's not the devil. Now, some of you had devilish thoughts, but I remember when I saw Tracy, and I just like, man, I better pick her. She looks like a ripe grape. Before someone else picks her. You know, and, and it's like, I just pursued that. And, and right here, Philippians, it, it talks about wonder and attraction. The Apostle Paul shows us who the hero is in the greatest story ever told. So if you're going to go with me, Philippians 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 9 and 11. God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow and reverence and everything and everyone will one day submit to his name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, in the demonic realm. Are you hearing that? And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh. Bring glory and honor to God, his Father. Paul not only wanted us to remember this, but he also wants us to see what God, what the father thinks about his son. You see, Paul tells us, Paul tells us God put Jesus on the pedestal. And we must remember it's all about the son. Augustus said it like this. He said, Christ is not valued, valued at all if he's not valued above all. You know, there's a story of a wealthy man many years ago that, that uh, he had a son. And he was so excited to have a son. He had one son and only son, his only child. And what happened is uh, he and his son loved fine art. And the cool thing is the father was very wealthy. So they were able to accumulate all this fine artwork from all over the world. And it was value. It just, he, 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 he. Collected a vast amount of incredible paintings, private collections, priceless works of art. When he was old enough, the son joined the Marines and he was sent to Vietnam. And unfortunately, he was killed in action in Vietnam. And he was in his father's heart. The father's heart was broken. And he said, and several years later, the wealthy man died and the works of art were to go up for auction. But what happens is, in this private, there was millions of dollars worth of art sold. The dealers crowded the home, wanting to see the Van Goghs and the Moyers. But the lawyer announced to the crowd before anything, say, hey, listen, I just, this is according to the father. We, the first thing that's going to be up for auction, because people came, they crowded this house, is going to be a portrait of his son. And that's the first thing we're going to bid on. And all the art dealers and the people goes, oh, come on. Can't we just get to the real art? And so what happened as they're doing it, the auctioneer held up this painting of the sun. And he said, who'll give me $100? No one bid. 
Finally got down to $20. And one of, one of, his, one of his soldier buddies goes, I'll give you 20 And he goes, 20 going once. 20 going twice. 20 sold. And as soon as that happened, at that moment, the rich man's attorney stepped forward and announced to the crowd, ladies and gentlemen, there will be no more bidding. My client left specific instructions that whoever bought the painting of his son would receive all the other works of art at no additional charge. He said, wait, I'm not done. Whoever chooses my son gets it all. He says this. He says, this concludes the auction. Whoever chooses Jesus gets it all, folks. Come on, you got the free souls this morning? They get it all. Jesus is the name. That's the name who gets you. It's the name that we're here for. Amen? I didn't come to worship some image. I came to worship the son of the living God. That that changed my life. That's rearranged my life. That's delivered me. That saved me. Kept me from myself. Come on. I don't need the devil. I have heart. I have... It's easy. Look, if you think you're being tempted by the devil, you got a fourth class imp with no teeth tempting you. And we go, the devil's after me. See, Jesus' name, that's the name that gets you into heaven. See, there's three things you need to keep. If you're going to keep Jesus' hero that I want to talk about this morning. The first thing is your perspective. Perspective is not what I see, but how I see it. The facts are that what you're looking at, your filter is what you're looking through. Some of us look at through things through pain, disappointment, heartache, abuse. And that's how we see God. That's how we see him. And what happens is people get bitter at God. We spend a lot of time trying to get God to see things through our perspective rather than seeing things through his perspective. See, the word freedom means free. The Bible says he will set you free. Are you hearing me? Like a bird in a cage. He sets you free. You see, this morning, as I stand up here today, ten and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. Then it came, I had two forms of cancer. Multiple myeloma, which is a cancer in your, in your, uh, your blood. And it starts to eat your bones away like um, termites. And then I had colon cancer, stage four. I've been, like, when I go hunting, me and Pastor Jake have been hunting. I guide goose and duck hunts. And one of my nicknames is Bubba Duck. It's the truth. My wife even has a song about that. But anyway, I'm not going to sing it. But, you know, I tell my friends, hey, 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 hey. You don't need a, we don't need a headlamp this morning. It's early. Just flick me on. I glow. I've done, I've done over a round, over, I have a port right here. I've done over a hundred rounds of chemotherapy. I've done four and a half years of oral chemotherapy. I've had doctors give me dates when I'm going to die. In fact, in January, they gave me five to six months to live. This is July. What happened? You see, I just want to say this. When I was in the hospital about two and a half years ago, almost three now, 
I was in, I, 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 before I went into the hospital, I started where I couldn't breathe well. I had to go, and, and I was there for about three or four days, and I couldn't breathe. And what happened is um, they decided to put me on the machine to breathe. I don't know what's going on, but we'll figure it out. I shaved my beard, so there's nothing to worry about. Um, but the doctors came in and told Tracy at one point, you may need to get ready to put him in a, a convalescent home or that he might not make it through this. So my wife, who's loved God for about 48 years, she, got, she just began to pray. People began to come and pray. People came to encourage from Pastor Randy, Pastor Jacob. My, my, good, my grandfather in the Lord, Brother Keith, Clady Keith, who, who's Jacob's past, uh, father. And she'd put, put them, different people, Pastor Jim, just different people, and they'd get on the phone and they'd pray over me. Pray over my, to come out of this. And the doctor, the pulmonologist, Dr. Cormier, I don't care what, what you think, what I'm about to say. And uh, he came in, he kept sort of giving numbers and, you know, you're not going to, well, this number says this, this the charts say this. And finally, my wife, after the third or fourth day, she doesn't know for sure, so I'm telling the truth, just said, Dr. Cormier, can you stop giving me all the, the facts? And could you pray for my husband? Can you just pray that God will work a miracle in his life? Now, he's Baptist. I'm just telling you. I mean, if you're going to get all freaked out about that let me just tell you something my mother was methodist my dad was baptist his mother was jehovah witness my mama's mama was charismatic my mom left my dad and she married another man he was catholic so i didn't need religion i needed him out, out of my state of confusion and so what happens is after a few days i come out of it they weren't expecting that I had been taking fentanyl, Michael, Michael Jackson drugs, and all kinds of stuff. I couldn't do the moonwalk when I woke up. I had to go to a rehabilitation center and learn to walk and talk and do all over again. And the worst thing, Pastor Jacob would come over with one of my friends, Mike Morrow, when I was in the, uh, the, ho the hospital to get better, a rehab hospital, and they'd have they come in with their hunting clothes, and I could smell the mud. And I go, Yeah, go quit tormenting me. A couple, couple of months ago, a lady was, I'm still doing chemo, I'm on a little break. A couple of months ago, a lady, she was just sitting in the chair, she's, she's telling me about her diagnosis, and, and I was just listening. And she goes, Is this your first time? Oh, I said, oh, no, ma'am. I could write a novel. I said, and she goes, yeah, but they only gave me. I go, shut up, and I'll come pray for you. When they take this thing, I'm going to come pray for you. Let me tell you, they put a date on her. God never puts a date. I mean, God has an expiration date. Doctors don't. Are you hearing me? You know, sometimes the bank says, you know, on the 30th of this month, your payment has to do. God's going, no, it's not going to be the 30th. It's going to be the 6th. Hello. And see, the cool thing in that is that, like I was telling you just in January, can you sh put that picture up there on the screen? In January, I'm going to show you. This is physical evidence. Look on the right side. That's 
uh, the left side right there is my right lung. And right there, you can see that gray matter. That's kind of filling. That's all my tumor. That's in January. The next one is in April. That's physical evidence. I just had another one a cup, uh, this week, and they called me and said, there's no new growth. It's about the same or getting better. Amen. The doctor called me and was like, she's freaking out. And I said, well, it's got to be Jesus. Go, it, it must be. <laughs> I said, where's that little Hindu lady who told me I had five to six months? Left? I can't wait to get to her to tell about Jesus. Because last time I told her, I said, well, you sure? You, what you saying? She said, oh, yes, I'm sure. And I said, well, let me tell you something. And I had a good report, and I called her, and she goes, oh, yeah. She, I go, it's Jesus. She goes, oh, the chemo. I go, no, Jesus and the chemo. <laughs> Philippians says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, say rejoice. Where we make our mistake is we often try to view God through our circumstances. This is bad, therefore God's bad. When I got the first news, the first time I ever found out that I had Cancer, I just got on my knees with my wife. And I held the doctor's hand and held, held my wife's hand. And when she told me, I got up and I prayed. And I said, God, from this day forward, I trust you. The same God that saved me is the same God that can heal me. I'm not in the right church. Look at me. I want to ask you a question. I'm going to do a test. Y'all probably have never done around. How many of you have ever lied in your life? Raise your hand. Okay, how many of you have never lied? If you raise your hand, you're a liar. <laughs> okay, so I'm in a good church. There's a full of liars that have been delivered, hopefully. I want you to view your circumstances through the goodness of God. If you look for Jesus, you'll find him. Some of you are one revelation or one moment to your breakthrough. Amen? The devil's trying to bust you up, tell you stuff, lie in your ear, and people come over and they're not encouraging you. I told my wife, there were certain people who come to my room, don't let them come back. Don't let them come back in my room. Because they, they just, oh, my Paul Paul died of that. I don't want to hear what he did. Bring somebody who got some faith that'll pray for me and believe Jesus. The second thing you need to have is purpose, not just perspective, God's purpose in your life. I hear people say it all the time. I just don't see the purpose. What's the point? Why should I keep trying? I've had people, but, but I don't know God's purpose. How do I find it? Start telling people about Jesus, what he's done in your life, and he'll start giving you purpose. And then you might have a passion that just you can't get beyond. And it could be your call and your purpose that God's given you. Are you hearing me? I have a greater audience by preaching every other week at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital. They all know me. One of my sons, my second son, brought me in one day. And the, the girl works behind the desk, Jennifer. She said, you know what? We all scratch our heads about your dad. He shouldn't be alive. But we know why he's alive. We know because, you know, it's like I used to preach at a church and I said, yeah, I used to do dope. 
I used to be a dope head. And one lady came up to me after, Bubba, you're not a dope head anymore. You're a hope head. <laughs> she said, that's right. I used to do dope, but I give hope so you can cope. <laughs> you see, people, uh, let me say, how many of you hate pain? Come on, remember, you're liars, so don't lie. How many of you hate pain? Let, let me just say, people can endure a lot of pain. People don't hate pain. I'll just, I'll just, that's not completely accurate. People don't hate pain. They, what they hate is pain without a purpose. People can endure a lot of pain if they have purpose. I know people that are running after money, and they'll do things, stay up later, work longer, do things, because they're trying to better their family. They have a vision of what they're going to have for the future. And so they'll go through the pain, the sacrifice. Some people run in a marathon. Some people do CrossFit. I'm not doing I'd be in traction if I did CrossFit. I don't understand how women can do childbirth. I've been with my wife with six of her children, all non-drugs. After my fourth son was born, my, my mama looked at him, my wife. She goes, you are a real woman, Tracy. My grandmother, she said, but I had all my babies in the 40s. They drugged you up so much in the 40s, you didn't know what you had for a week. <laughs> you see, don't look at life from the perspective of pain, but see your pain through the perspective of purpose. See, we want to feel good. We want a good word. We want all these good things, but sometimes... That's just like petting a cat. I don't like pet cats, okay? But it's not going to do any good. You can't train a cat. <laughs> James says it like this. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. One of the things that I had in my class, I had a preacher. They read his books and stuff, but he was actually one of my teachers in Bible college. His name was Leonard Ravenhill. And wrote the book Revival Terries, Tried and Transfigured, just a lot of great books. And I remember him telling us a story, being a young man, had real impact. He said he would go to this goldsmith, and he asked the goldsmith one day, he goes, how do you know when the gold's ready to be farmed, to be fashioned? And he would take, he said, and he said, I'll tell you when. And he would boil, he would get the, the, the flame hot, and he would skim the top of all the dross, impurities. And he goes, is it ready now? He goes, no, it's not ready. But I'll tell you when it's ready. And he turned hotter and more dross. And it kept, it kept doing this process, more dross, more impurities, the hotter it got. Then he looked in it and he goes, it's ready. He goes, well, wait, 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 wait. How do you know that it's ready? He says, because when I can look into it and see reflection of myself, then I know it's ready. That's how God sees us. He wants us. Sometimes the heat gets hot. Things don't go good. Don't like you expect. But you know what? God's creating. He's getting all the dross and impurities and all the things out of our lives. And he's creating something that is pliable, that he can use. Amen? How many of you want to be used of God? It doesn't matter. if you Look, this is a good church if you want to be used of God. And see, I believe this is that, you know, you see, his, you see God's goal is not to make you happy, but to make you holy. 
What do you mean by that, Pastor? Holy means I'm whole. Body, soul, and spirit, I'm whole. When you understand life is a test, you realize nothing is insignificant in your life. Wouldn't it be great? You know, we have those weather alerts and they go beep, 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 beep. Weather alert, weather alert. The National Weather Broadcasting System. There's a storm coming up through Lake Arthur, heading to Jennings. And it will wipe out Eunice. <laughs> and it'll curve around and hit Crowley, all my campuses. That doesn't happen. But wouldn't it be great if you were about to go through a trial or something devastating things to happen to you, and all of a sudden it went boop, boop, boop in your ear? This is the, the eternal broadcasting system. This is God. All hell's fixing to break through. Your sister-in-law is going to hate you. Your daddy's going to disown you. Oh, I mean, you just go through the list. Wouldn't it be great? We go, I can prepare for this. But it doesn't happen like that. We're called, see, we're called to be servants of the Most High. We never know, you never know your servant till you're treated like one. You see, spiritual leader in the scripture is a servant. The joy of true servanthood is not power, it's not control, it's not comfort, and it's not a position or a name tag in front of your name. Are you hearing me? What it is, is it gives a servant, what, the, the, what gives a servant purpose is service. Just serving. Some people have gone with me to other countries and they go, man, I thought I was going there to bless them and they bless me more. James 1.4 says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Jesus plus nothing is everything. You're not getting to heaven and you're bringing a trailer with some of your precious things you have. But Lord, I can't bring my shotgun. It's my Benelli. No. Third and final thing is persistence. Perspective. You need to have God's perspective. You have to have God's purpose. And you need to have God's persistence. How many of you know we live in a society where we want everything now? Well, they didn't got to get Amazon Prime. We'll get that thing. We'll get that sucker tomorrow. We're all about now. You ever go to Walmart in the checkout line and a lady has a bunch of little kids and all of a sudden you see the devil moving them and they start manifesting at the candy section? Mama, candy! You know, ah. My mama told me one time I, I did that in the aisle. I wanted like animal crackers. And she said, you know what? You went on the floor and you started kicking and everything. And so, you know what I did? I went to the next aisle. <laughs> and she said, you looked around and you couldn't see anything. You found me. And I was done. God doesn't build your life in seven minutes. He'll build you over a lifetime. I can be the hand of God in the glove of Bubba. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can be the hand of God in who you are. What do you mean? You can just be his hand. You see, you endure, you persevere, you weather the storm. You make it through. You don't give up. 
I was out goose hunting with one, and duck hunting with one of my favorite people. He's in our Crowley Church. He got saved about four years ago. His name's uh, Phil McDaniel. He's one of the top goose callers, and, and so we have a good time, and, you know, we, we, we and so we're out there one day, and it's like a storm comes, and I have my youngest son, Luke, I have five sons, and my youngest son, Luke, was with us, and I made sure that I had a rain jacket, because I watched the forecast, and that Luke had a rain jacket, because if Luke didn't have a rain jacket, Queen Mother would be mad at me. I mean, it was raining, and he didn't, and Phil didn't have a jacket. And so we put a decoy bag over him. It was kind of waterproof. And I told my son Luke, I said, Listen, my grandfather always said, it's after the storm, son. You just got to endure it. And I'm telling you, the geese and the ducks are going to come. No sooner had the storm stopped, geese and ducks came from heaven. Okay? And we were blessed. Why? Because we endured, we stayed. We had hope. We had faith, like you can have in geese and ducks. Not good. That doesn't always work. And sometimes, it doesn't matter what sport or competition, some of us go, oh, Jesus, please. Please, Lord, just let this happen. Come on. Like last night, I was so frustrated that Phoenix lost. I kept going, Lord, let, let Chris Paul win a championship. For the rest of you, Whatever. Life is like that. Something greater on the other side of the storm. When I was in ICU one night, the next day I went, had to get on the, the pump thing, whatever, to breathe for you. In the middle of the night, I had to get up and go to the bathroom, and I came back to the bed, and I couldn't breathe. I could breathe, but I had the sensation I didn't have enough breath. I felt like I was suffocating. And at that moment, an African-American lady, about 60-something years old, she came in my room, and she put a mask over my face. And she put her hand on my head, and she says, Father God, I pray for this man of God, that you would touch him and give him breath. She starts speaking in tongues. I'm like, come on. When I got out of the hospital, I told my wife, I gave her her name. Can you go back one day and just thank him? This is a true story. My wife went back to the hospital and asked for the lady, described her, and they said, there's no lady on this floor that looks like that or has that name. Some of you got the frissons. It's just God. I don't know if she was an angel or whatever she was. I just knew she prayed for me, got me through. I've had people tell me, I've tried Jesus, but it just don't work. Let me just say, you might have tried church. You might have tried Sundays. You tried denomination, but you didn't try my Jesus. It's not just a little taste, a little dab-a-doo. Yabba-dabba-doo. It's, I, I believe when God touches you, I love this scripture. One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible, it's Romans 10, 11. It says, everyone who believes in me will never be disappointed. 
You ought to put a line on that, that scripture. Can you name one follower of Jesus who at his deathbed said, I regret serving him. I wish I would have never given my life. I can't believe I did all these things. I've never had that. When I've been at people before they died, I mean, I was holding their hand. I had a lady that died of COVID, Miss Polly. And she goes, and all her family again, we need the priest. No, we don't. I need my pastor. I want Pastor Bubba. And the night before she died, she goes, I'm afraid, Pastor. I said, what are you afraid of? I'm just afraid. This is nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. God's with you. So we prayed. We made sure. The next day, I went to go visit her, and she had, I never got to talk to her. But she's in heaven. She matched the face behind the voice. They were speaking to her. Not the devil's voice, God's voice. You see, Philippians 2.10 says, so that at every name, Jesus, uh, that, at every, that, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God. I love this is the Old Testament. I found this a couple weeks ago, and it just says, Every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to me. Isaiah 45, 23. Jesus is the hero of my story. He's the hero of your story. If you look to him and have wonder for him. When's the last time you had wonder? You know, remain passionate, and it'll keep you passionate. My wife and I will be married 37 years next month. I've never said divorce once in arguments we've had. I've thought about murder. <laughs> but I've never, I never used the word divorce. When she calls me on the phone, I go, hello, beautiful. She walks in the room, I go, hey, beautiful. Sometimes she walks by, I go, Row. my daughter goes, that's, dad, I know when you know mama's in the room. Because you know what? To keep something going, you got to stoke the coals. And some people, I've just lost my vision. I've lost my passion. You know what? Get in the Bible. I read the Bible every day. It's just, it's become habit. Sometimes it can be habit. And sometimes you ever read and you go, what did I just read? I've been there, but I get up every day. I read my Bible. I pray. Not because I'm a pastor. It's because I'm a Christian. And I love Jesus. And I want more of him. I'm just attracted. You see, every time I'm tempted to be a celebrity, I want to remember Philippians 2. This Jesus came to raise the dead. How many of you believe this? How many of you believe that Jesus came to raise the dead? You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be wise or wonderful. You just got to be dead. That's it. The Bible says, I die, take up my cross, and I follow him. It doesn't say, I'm going to give you a bag of goodies. And you'll never have trials. And you'll, everything will be smooth roads from here. Look at me. That is a lie. Okay. 
How many of you have had the hardest times as you've walked with God in your life at times? You know why? Because you have him now. I don't go, if things are going bad, go, Tracy, we're not going to make it. Don't do that. Just go to God. God, how are we going to make it? You and me. I mean, I get tied, Lord. Remember, I'm faithful. Are you hearing me? See, some of you this morning, you just need revival in your soul. Your perspective. You've been looking through the wrong filter. Some of you came in here dragging and sagging. I'll tell my worship band sometimes, hey, if y'all bring it this morning, I'm going to fling it. Are you persistent? You know, persistence is greater than smart. Persistence is greater than smart. You just don't give up. I'm not, I know this. I'm not smart. I'm not. I went through 15 different schools, 15 different schools before I graduated. Because they liked me so much, they sent me other places so I can enjoy the atmosphere over there and influence kids. truth I've had over 15 procedures people have asked me have you been afraid look at me no because I look to God my wife knows I'm not a fearful kind of person not at all and you say what is that? that's but I am this I know that when I don't know where to go I have to turn to Jesus And if you're here this morning and you're at a place in your life, you're going, which way do I go? He's turned to Jesus this morning. Some of you, God's been speaking to you about your purpose. Get out. Do what God's telling you to do. If you don't know, if you don't feel like he's talking to you, go and tell someone in the grocery line. Go and tell someone at McDonald's. Just go up to them. Hey, Jesus loves you. How are you doing today? I talk to everybody. I do. I've embarrassed my family sometimes. I've embarrassed people. But you know what? I'm not there to worry about what they think about me. Amen? So just bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place. Just two things I want to pass by you. First of all, you say, Pastor Bubba, I need to hear this message because not all the time I've look to Jesus to be my hero I've been more like a celebrity and worrying about my image but I don't want that I want to start fresh and new I want Jesus to bring revival in my soul and my spirit and my body if that's you just raise your hand all over this place just raise your hand Okay, many people you put it down I don't want to embarrass you thank you for being real Thank you for being honest. And the last question, I would never leave here and go without asking. Maybe you're at a place where you go, you know, Pastor Bubba, I came because I need Jesus in my life. I need to be the leader of my household. I need to be the husband that I've, I've struggled. I've tried my best, but it just hadn't got me to the place of really knowing God and really serving him with all my heart. But today, I want to give my whole heart, all of my heart to Jesus this morning. 
If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. Don't look. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Many people this morning. Can we all pray this prayer together this morning as, I, as we come to a close? Just say this with me. Please, can you repeat it loudly? Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning. Forgive me of my many sins. My falling short. Making excuses. Today, I want to give you all my heart. I want to follow you with all my life. I want to be the person you've called me to be. Help me to have your perspective. To find my purpose in you. And be persistent in all that I do. Forgive me today. I will walk the rest of my life loving you and serving you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.